Welcome to the Real Estate Syndication Show. Whether you are a seasoned investor or building a new real estate business, this is the show for you. Whitney Sewell talks to top experts in the business. Our goal is to help you master real estate syndication. And now your host, Whitney Sewell. This is your daily real estate syndication show. I'm your host, Whitney Sewell. Today, our guest is Justin Keeney. Thanks for being on the show, Justin. Thanks for having me, Whitney. Justin works with real estate investors to provide access to fractional ownership of institutional quality real estate assets, structuring passive tax-efficient portfolios through 1031 exchange and opportunity zone investments. He and his team at Fortitude have executed over $250 million in 1031 exchange Delaware statutory trust transactions in each of the previous two years and claim the largest single Delaware statutory trust transaction in the history of the industry. Justin, thank you again for your time. Grateful just to bring your experience and expertise on the show. You know, this new thing about Delaware statutory trust, I feel like something everybody should know about, but it's very unknown, I think, at the moment. And 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 so grateful to have you and just bring that out. And so the listener understands who that's for, what that is, and what you all do, you know, at Fortitude. So get us started, who you are, your specialty, and let's jump in. Yeah, absolutely. And you and I had discussed a little bit, but, you know, in the syndication space, and I speak to a lot of syndicators and, and commercial real estate brokers and real estate investors, the Delaware Statutory Trust, the DST, is sort of a niche that is not well known. It's been around now for about 16 years. It was established in 2004. For those of you on your computers, Google Revenue Proceedings 2004-86 to get really granular on you. But that established the DST. And, and what that is, is that syndicated real estate that works in the 1031 exchange. And so the lion's share of my clients are direct real estate owners, you know, property owners, real estate investors, folks that have owned, operated, managed their own investment or commercial real estate personally, and are now looking to sell. And they've gotten a great offer on the property. You know, things have appreciated significantly. I mean, until recently, we were in, you know, the longest running bull market in US history, right? And so things have appreciated significantly. And along with that comes capital gains taxes, unfortunately. You know, Uncle Sam has to get his piece of the pie and the 1031 exchange allows you to defer those taxes. And, and what the DST works as, it's a tool. It's like syndicated real estate, but you can sell your property. You can do that 1031 exchange. You can defer those taxes and you can buy fractional ownership of these larger assets, right? These institutional assets that are managed by somebody else. And Whitney, you, you know, being in the syndication space, you're very familiar with sort of the passive real estate investment and having somebody else, you know, manage those investments for you. And so this is very similar to that. But like I said, it's kind of a niche that, you know, applies to the exchange, to the 1031 exchange that most folks aren't aware of. Nice. So it's interesting. What is a, you know, when we talk about the DST or Delaware Statutory Trust, is that different from a 1031? Is it the kind of the same vehicle? Just so the listener understands, like, you know, how do those things relate? Yeah, sure. So yeah, so to take a little bit of a step back for you, so the 1031 exchange, and that refers to section 1031 of the Internal Revenue Code. And that's just a tax deferred real estate swap. You own a piece of real estate, it's you know investment or business purposes. It has appreciated or you have depreciated it. And when you go to sell it, you know, there are going to be taxes involved, capital gains taxes, depreciation recapture. So performing a 1031 exchange allows you to defer those taxes. You sell your property pursuant to some rules and regulations. You know, there's an ID window where you have to ID the replacement property. 
And then there's a timeline involved in terms of how quickly you have to close on your replacement property. Qualified intermediary is involved. I'm, I'm really throwing some, some interesting words at you, I know. But uh, you know, it's a way for folks just to defer those capital gains taxes at the end of the day. And that is the 1031 exchange. And generally in the exchange, you, know, you sell one piece of actively managed real estate and you do an exchange and you buy another piece of actively managed real estate, right? You sell right. You know, three rental properties, three single family homes, and you roll those up and you use the proceeds to buy uh, you know, maybe a commercial property because you want to get into the commercial space. You know, or you sell you know, a multifamily property that has appreciated significantly and you buy something that's maybe triple net because you want to be a little bit more passive. And so that's the 1031 exchange. And that's been around for, God, 100 years or close to it in some form or fashion. The DST is a type of replacement property. So it is separate from the 1031 exchange in that folks perform 1031 exchanges you know, all the time, buying and selling normal you know, run-of-the-mill real estate. But the DST is an option and it's a passive option that is around and you know, serves the purpose of allowing investors to get out of managing and get into maybe a diversified portfolio of larger assets. So this is going to be for, uh, I'll just give a, an example here. So the investor, let's say somebody has been investing in real estate, you know, in their own deals for a long time, maybe they have a portfolio of a dozen single family homes, a few duplexes, whatever, uh, you know, small multis, things like that. Then it's like, okay, you know, they're like, Justin, you know, it's time for me to, I don't want to manage these properties anymore. I just want to go more passive they could sell those properties and do a DST, Delaware Statutory Trust, and uh, essentially defer the taxes or capital gains from selling those properties, but move that capital into a syndication and be passive. Exactly. Exactly. And, and so we have clients that have single family home portfolios, you know, and one client in particular who's selling off, you know, one home at a time, about a hundred or 150,000 a clip. And at any given time, you know, we have 15 to 20 different DSTs available on our menu to offer. And so, you know, he gives me a call. He says, Justin, you know, I'm under contract on another house. What do you have available? What do you like? You know, send me what you got. On the other side of it, you know, I have a client who has, you know, a, a significant portfolio of commercial real estate, recently sold an Applebee's, for example. And we were able to build him. We put him into four different DSTs you know, diversified in both real estate sector and across the country. It is important to note, and I haven't mentioned it yet, the DST is only suitable for accredited investors. And that's an SEC definition that I'm sure you're familiar with being in the syndication space. Okay. No, that's good to know. I don't know if I remembered that about the DST, but only for accredited investors. And so can you break down kind of a timeline a little bit if somebody wants to use this, they have somebody that maybe wants to buy their property. When do we need to contact somebody like yourself to get something like this rolling? Sure. So very important. If you're thinking about an exchange, if you have a you know property sale upcoming, very important to reach out to a qualified intermediary. These are the people that actually facilitate the 1031 exchange. They're the ones that take receipt of the sale proceeds. And it's very important that they take receipt of the proceeds. If, if you individually sell your property, you know, money sitting in your bank account and you go, all right, I'm ready to do an exchange. It's too late. You know, you've blown the exchange. So there's a, you know, there's a page that's added to the closing contract, just wires the money to an escrow account so that you don't have constructive receipt is the term. It just means that you don't have access to it. So very important, you know, as early in advance, you know, if you know you're selling your property, a month out, two months out, you know, but can be as close to as a couple of days prior, you know, you contact a qualified intermediary 
we always recommend to clients that, you know, they reach out to us maybe a month in advance because what we do is kind of a niche. We do a lot of education and sometimes it takes a while for people to wrap their heads around the whole process and what the DST is, you know, and the options available to them. We always say about a month, you know, that way you can underwrite some of these deals. You can look through the PPMs, you know, we can get you on the phone with various sponsors and you can kind of weigh your options. And that way, when you do yeah. perform the exchange, right? I mean, it's simple, stupid, very seamless. What is the timeline then to invest? Are they like the 10, you know, 1031, are, are there timelines where we, you know, have to know what the investment or have a few options is going to be and identify those and then actually invest? Sure. So with the 1031 exchange, with any 1031 exchange, the day you sell your property is day zero. And you then have 45 days to identify one or multiple potential replacement properties. There are a couple of rules that are used to identify. The three property rule is the most commonly used one. There's a 200% rule. There's a 95% rule. Not going to go into those. But you have 45 days to identify your potential replacement properties. After day 45, you have 135 days to close on one or multiple of the properties that you've identified. And so, you know, it's very important to kind of hedge your bets. There might be a property that you really, really like um, that you're going to identify, but it's good to have a backup because after that day 45, you know, if you do want to perform the exchange, you're only allowed to close on those properties that you've identified. And so that's another use for the DST that we always recommend because these things are, you know, acquired prior to the investor investing, you have a better idea of what you're getting into. And so you can put it as a backup. You're not in a situation where a deal is going to fall through when you're using a DST. You know, let's say someone sells a property, they make $200,000, you know, then, you know, they're identifying those properties or they, you know, that they want to invest in within that 45 days. Does all that have to go into one investment? Can you make it across a few different investments? What does that look like? You can make it across, depending on what rules you use to identify properties, you can make it across multiple investments. With the DSTs, we generally create a, you know, a diversified portfolio. So we'll put people into three, four, five, six different DSTs, depending on the amount of their exchange. But we see people in, you know, using triple net real estate as a, you know, as a similar vehicle. You sell a property for a million five, maybe, and you're able to buy three different properties for 500,000 each, right? When you perform an exchange, the rules of the exchange to make sure that you get the full tax deferral is simply that you have to, the real estate that you buy has to be equal or greater in value than the real estate that you sold. There's some nuance there, but that is really the kind of simple, straightforward rule of thumb. The real estate that you buy has to be equal or greater in value than the real estate that was sold. Okay. And you mentioned you may put this person in four or five, six DSTs. What does that mean? You know, if investors are saying, well, what does that mean? I'm going to be in that many different ones. I just means you have exposure to uh, greater diversification. You know, maybe we put you into a multifamily deal, maybe an industrial deal, maybe a, a portfolio of, uh, you know, triple net retail, portfolio of, of essential business retail, right? Essential business being kind of a buzzword during COVID. Maybe we can put you into a few different markets. You know, you don't want to be, you owned a single property, you sold it for $3 million. You know, you know your local submarket, but you really want to diversify around the country. And each of these DSTs, you know, contains within it properties. And each of those properties might be in different markets. They might be in different sectors. So it really depends on, you know, the preference of the investor. 
but we do, you know, tend to push people towards diversification. Um, sure. That's something that they're okay with. So the DST is more like the investment or property specific as opposed to the investor being specific to the investor. I'm not sure what you mean. Yeah, just like we're not going to have our own Delaware statutory trust. Or, I mean, it's just like this thing you all have, you know, per investment vehicle. Sure. Yeah. So the DSTs can accept up to 2,000 investors. So it, it really is fractional ownership, right? And these are much larger assets. Maybe it's an $80 million multifamily property in a top market. You know, maybe it's a $75 million industrial, you know, e-commerce, you know, triple net lease to an e-commerce giant out in Phoenix, you know, something like that. And it really runs the gamut, runs the spectrum in terms of the types of real estate that can be contained in these DSTs. But you as an individual investor, right, you're buying into something that, that has, you know, alongside other real estate investors. As operators that are listening, how do they get involved in something like that so they can accept funds from a DST or, or how that works? You know, I am, uh, <laughs> I'm not an attorney, but I'm not a CPA, you know, and so I'm not going to be able to offer any kind of guidance around how you can structure a DST. I know that there are a number of sponsors in the space. There are, you know, smaller sponsors, larger sponsors. We tend to do business, you know, our our organization tends to be one of the more conservative ones in the space. And so we tend to do business with the larger sponsors that have, you know, established track records, 20 year, 50 year track records. So I, you know, if you're asking how you can structure one, you know, I'm not the guy to talk to. Yeah, no, it's all right. I know you are an expert in, in just 1031 exchanges. And, you know, can you just give your opinion on the upcoming elections? I know just a listener knows we're recording this before the election, but, you know, this will be coming out after the election. But would love Justin's uh, just uh, insight on, you know, what could potentially happen one way or the other. Sure. Yeah. So Joe Biden has been talking about, you know, the 1031 exchange as being sort of a tax loophole. You know, people love that term loophole, right? It's it's written into the tax code, so I wouldn't call it a loophole. I think it's gotten some press because Donald Trump is historically a real estate investor, you know, quote unquote, real estate mogul, has probably performed 1031 exchanges in the past. I, you know, can't speak to it. I, I don't have his tax returns in front of me, right? But, you know, so Joe Biden has talked about that as, as being a possible way to fund some, some services. The 1031 exchange has been around in, in some form or fashion for nearly 100 years. I mean, going all the way back to the 1920s, the 1930s, like-kind exchanges existed, you know, in the U.S. tax code. We're in a recession now. The commercial real estate market, I think, generally lags behind, you know, the general economy by, you know, 12 to 18 months. And so I, I don't think we've really seen, you know, the full effect, you know, again, it being before the election, you know, it being the beginning of October right now. I, I don't think we've really seen the full effect of that in the commercial real estate world. If Joe Biden were to win, I would find it to be very, very unlikely that he would take a step like removing the 1031 exchange. I mean, the impact on the commercial real estate industry, I would be, I think, catastrophic, right? And, and already being in a recession, already feeling some of those effects, at least not in the first couple of years of his term, would he even approach that just purely based on you know, the catastrophe that the economy would be as a result. Fun fact on the history of the 1031 exchange, I know that's not a a phrase you hear often. The exchange initially existed for farmers to swap deeds to farmland. Until 2017, the Tax Cut and Jobs Act actually changed some of the rules around the exchange. But until 2017, you could exchange cows, you know, because cows are a part of a business. You know, those are, you could exchange equipment, planes could be exchanged, artwork could be exchanged, you know, essentially anything that was held for investment and might see appreciation could be exchanged. And so we work with some folks that that have done exchanges for things like cattle. 
which is always kind wow. of goofy. Not one. anymore, though? They can't do that? Not anymore. anymore. It's now, it's limited to real property now, which, you know, generally refers just to real estate. Well, I'll have to keep my cows then. <laughs> exactly. <laughs> and That's plan. a tough one. Yeah, and you're playing, right? Justin, you know, I feel like anyone who has success in business and as an entrepreneur and uh, has a high level of self-discipline, you know, how did you gain such a high level of self-discipline? Well, I appreciate that first, the, you know, the compliment. Thank you. For me, I think I grew up playing sports and I'm in, you know, I'm in my late twenties now, I'm about to turn 30. And the, I think the older that I get, the more I look back on that as being a huge influence. I mean, talk about delaying gratification. I mean, talk about putting the team before yourself, you know, talk about putting in the work, putting in time, you know, sort of away from the lights, away from the field so that you can come out and perform. I mean, that, you know, that is such a huge thing. And then I actually, my background is in the sciences. I studied physics and biology and engineering in school, which requires, I think, a high level of discipline and requires one to think methodically just because of the workloads, you know, and I would definitely say that the two of those things are probably combined you know, to create the person that I am today. Do you have a couple of uh, daily habits that you're disciplined about that have helped you achieve success? Sure. So first and foremost, I'm uh, like I said, former athlete. If I don't get a sweat in, I kind of lose my mind a little bit during the, the economic shutdown, the gyms were closed and I had to get pretty creative, but I'm a guy who wakes up at five, five thirty, and I go, I work, I lift weights in the morning. And for me, that's a way to have some me time. It's a way to, start my day, you know, on my terms, I'm awake before other people, there aren't any, uh, you know, any demands on my time. At this point, it's relaxing, you know, and the weightlifting for me is something that I really enjoy, you know, not everybody is that way. But it allows me to start my day with something that I really enjoy. And then the other thing I do is I try to make sure I try to make sure I make sure that I make time for both writing and reading. And I've always been an avid reader. You know, I mean, growing up, even, you know, science fiction, whatever, obviously into adulthood that becomes, you know, nonfiction and, and educational content. But I, I feel really good about myself at the end of the day when I ensure that I've done some writing and that I've, you know, spent an hour sort of quietly reading. And for some folks that might be, you know, your morning time. For me, you know, I, I like to do the gym thing in the morning and kind of unwind with a book or some articles. Oh, what's a way you've recently improved your business that we could apply to ours? I think that, I mean, I've been much more active virtually, right? I mean, we've all had to adapt due to some of these shutdowns, you know, switch over to some of the, the video technology and whatnot. I've been much more consistent in, I think, being visible, you know, posting some content. I've gotten, you and I were talking, I've gotten some new toys to do some video marketing and, and these things. And, and I think just consistently marketing, which is, sounds like such a simple thing, but if, you know, if people don't know you exist, you know, they can't use your services, right? It's just being consistent. And, you know, you're the king of that. The Daily Real Estate Podcast, right? So what's your, uh, maybe this goes right into that. I mean, what's your best source for meeting new investors? So we work very closely. So like I said, some of the virtual stuff is newer. We work very closely with tax advisors, CPAs, you know, or real estate attorneys, commercial brokers. A lot of times, specifically with the commercial brokers, our services can be a tool, you know, an arrow in their quiver, tool in the tool belt. They can use to drum up some new business. And then on the tax advisor side, you know, we just, we build relationships. We, you know, we are authentic, transparent, you know, put the client first. And tax advisors tend to be sort of objective third parties. 
just want what's best for their clientele. And so they're great sources of referrals for us. We also have a, a fantastic website with all sorts of content. Here's my plug, 1031dst.com. It's 1031dst.com. And we do get some inbound you know, internet traffic as well. What's the number one thing that's contributed to your success? Consistency. I think that goes back to your first question, right? The discipline, the work ethic, and consistent work. You know, it's one thing to kill yourself over the course of a week. You know, it's another thing to be consistent over the course of years, right? How do you like to give back? That's tough. I just, I try to help people. I try to, to genuinely add value. You know, I, I do a little bit of volunteering here, down here in South Florida. You know, we have some, some eco organizations that, you know, I do a little bit of volunteering at and, and I've always been, like I said, studied biology. So I've always been interested in kind of the ecosystem. But with regards to the, you know, the business environment, you know, I, I think you just try to genuinely provide value from a sort of an unselfish place. And I think people recognize that. Sure. Justin, grateful for your time today. Just really going through this Delaware statutory trust and who it's for. And maybe they probably, if someone has heard of it, they probably, you know, mistake it with the 1031 or but how they're different, you know, and who it's for. I'm grateful for your time. Tell the listeners how they can get in touch with you and learn more about you. Yeah, sure. So 1031dst.com is our website. You can find me on LinkedIn. I'm sure Whitney will include a, you know, maybe a link to my profile in the caption here. You can give me a call. 410-703-6680. You know, always answer the phone. Pretty straightforward there. Awesome. That's a wrap, Justin. Thank you very much. Absolutely. Don't go yet. Thank you for listening to today's episode. I would love it if you would go to iTunes right now and leave a rating and written review. I want to hear your feedback. It makes a big difference in getting the podcast out there. You can also go to the Real Estate Syndication Show on Facebook so you can connect with me and we can also receive feedback and your questions there that you want me to answer on the show. Subscribe too so you can get the latest episodes. Lastly, I want to keep you updated. So head over to lifebridgecapital.com and sign up for the newsletter. If you're interested in partnering with me, sign up on the contact us page so you can talk to me directly. Have a blessed day and I will talk to you tomorrow. Thank you for listening to the Real Estate Syndication Show brought to you by LifeBridge Capital. LifeBridge Capital works with investors nationwide to invest in real estate while also donating 50% of its profits to assist parents who are committing to adoption. LifeBridge Capital, making a difference, one investor and one child at a time. Connect online at www.lifebridgecapital.com for free material and videos to further your success.